0: story you're bursting to tell the world? Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, Check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com. Hey, writers, it's Steph here again, and welcome to another episode of Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about freelance writing, and the reason we're talking about that is because I released a new book this week. I think if you're interested in writing as a career or how you can use freelance writing to grow your audience as a writer, or how you can use it to promote yourself as an expert if you're, say, a non-fiction writer, then I think this is going to be a really useful book for you. So the book is called How to Rock Freelance Writing, which, you know, kind of goes with the pattern of how to rock self-publishing. So you can pick it up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and Apple and all the happy places, or you can pick it up on my website and if you pick it up on the website you get four really awesome bonuses which I'm going to tell you about so the four bonuses that you get if you if you want to pick up the book from the website, the first one is called Twenty Five Markets Who Want Writers right now, and so this is a, just a little booklet and it's got twenty five different magazines, publications, blogs, etc. who are accepting pitches for new articles and there's all kinds of different types of you know places there there's like there's like a model train place and um there's like a, you know political commentary place and you know there's um, places where you can write about writing and it's just all sorts of different things so 25 writers, uh, 25 markets who want writers right now uh there's a productivity hacks tip sheet which is like 10 productivity hacks to organize your writing life there is a top clients tip sheet which is just about how you can as a freelance writer, how you can find like really awesome clients. we are going to talk about this on the podcast today and how you can keep them. And then the final one is sort of a list of questions and things to think about if you think you're ready to go full time as a freelancer or as a writer. So I think those are really cool bonuses. I'm really proud of this book and I'm really proud of all the kind of the work I've done around it. And yeah, I definitely would awesome if you wanted to check it out. So I thought that, because I'm releasing this book, I thought today we would talk a bit about freelance writing and what exactly it is and how exactly it can work as part of an overall writing career. So I'm going to talk about that by telling you a little bit about my career and my work as a freelancer and what it has meant for me. So basically way back in the day, when I decided that I wasn't going to be an archaeologist anymore and I was going to be a writer, I started to look at how writers actually earned a living. And the thing I always wanted to be, of course, was a novelist. Uh, And when I started to look into how novelists earned their money and, you know, what the career path was like and, you know, how I could make that happen. I discovered that it's a bit, you know, it was Really, really, really difficult. You know, I was basically walking out of one career, which was really difficult to get work, right into another career that was insanely difficult to get um, regular work. And the reason for that was because at the time, of course, self-publishing wasn't really an option. And so what you had to do is you had to write a, f- a whole novel, and then you had to query that novel to publishers, and then you had to have a publisher accept the novel, and then they gave you an advance, and you. You know, everyone warned you the advance was going to be really small. And you got that advance like three chunks over one year. And then you had to try and write another novel and try and sell that. And then eventually, after like 20 years, all those advances and your royalties and your subsidiary rights and stuff would kind of add up to this mishmash of a possibility of having a full-time career. And I was very determined that I was going to make this happen. But what a lot of the advice said was, online was that well, kind of while you're waiting for this to happen you're going to have to have another job. And I was like, well the only job I want is a writer. So I thought well you know I'm going to try and do other writing work so that I can write while I'm also writing my novels and making this happen. So I started looking into freelance writing which was what you know a lot of people suggested and what a lot of full-time writers said that they did as well as writing novels. So I started off uh, freelance writing, and it was a thing, <laughs> and I started off uh, um, submitting pitches and queries to magazines, which in my book I show you exactly how to do that. So I started pitching magazines, and I started getting a little bit of luck, so I started, I think the first published thing I ever had was uh, someone paid me like $10.50 US. Uh, over PayPal, to write an article about writing, I can't, can't remember, something to do with character writing characters and novels for, like, this online writing publication, and I was just like, oh my god, people gave me money to write, like, an essay, you know, I, I, this is really cool. So I, I started off um, writing for magazines like that, and, you know, that first article paid $10.50, and then I got in some other place where it paid, like, $25, and so i you know, really low-paid kind of work, but it sort of got you going. And so I did that for a little while, and while I was doing that, I was learning about this thing called copywriting, which is, you know, a lot of people were saying, you know, the magazine industry is dwindling, um, and, and so a lot of writers who used to make their living in magazines are sort of shifting to copywriting. And what copywriting is, is basically writing for visitors, and it's about writing copy that persuades the reader to do something. So usually that's, usually that's to purchase something. And that can be very overt. So it can be like a sales page online, um, you know, trying to get someone to actually purchase something. Or it can be more about kind of building a brand and building a mood, you know. So like, for example, on your favorite company's website, you know, when you have to describe an item, you have to give information uh, that, the, um, that the purchaser wants to know before they purchase something, and you're not necessarily having to persuade them to buy, because, you know, for example, if it's like a site that sells saucepans, and they need a saucepan, they're already going to buy the saucepan, but they just need to know some things, so you have to tell them that. So anyway, so that's copywriting, and there's all kinds of different things that you can do within copywriting. So, you know, there's, like I said, there's website copy, so, you know, writing websites and writing product descriptions. Um, there's sort of more, like, print copywriting, so, in, um, like, pr- um, actual product, so actual writing on the products. You know, actually, you pick up a bag of crisps. You know, the actual writing on the bag of crisps itself, that's copywriting. Um, you know, things like leaflets, um, signage in, in shops. You um, Anything like that—that's you know—that's all copywriting, even down to uh, scripts for advertisements. Um, you know that's copywriting. And so I started looking into doing copywriting, uh, and so I thought well, you know if I could get if I could get this going, it's probably could be more regular work than this constant like pitching of magazines. So I started in a completely stiff kind of way. And I thought, well, what are the kind of businesses that I would like to work for? Instead of thinking of what are the kind of businesses that would pay me a lot of money, I thought, what are the kind of businesses I would like to work for? And I thought, well, yeah, that would be like really crazy, wonderful, creative people like me. And where do those people hang out? Well, I thought they hang out on Etsy. So what I did was I set myself up an Etsy store. And I made these uh, little products, um, except instead of my products being like handmade scarves or handbags or soaps or whatever, they were like, I will write your Etsy store descriptions for $25 and I will write, you know, I'll make you a little website for this much money, I'll do some blogs for $25. So there were these little, like, copywriting things that the shop owners could buy. And at the time, I was, I think I wasn't the first person to do this on Etsy, but I was the most prominent person doing it on Etsy, and it, it didn't it didn't end up with lots and lots and lots of, you know, I wasn't like I was suddenly bombarded, but the, the work did start coming in, people were seeing this, and you know, sometimes I'd come home from work, and there would be like $100 or $200 worth of you know, work that people had purchased, pre-purchased off of me. So, so I did that for a little while, and that was really fun. <laughs> it was super fun, except obviously the so the big problem with doing this was it was really great when I was starting out and I had a day job and I was just doing this little bit of extra money on the side because you know I could spend an evening or a couple of evenings working on this, and then I'd get a hundred dollars and that would go in our savings account, and I'd be really happy. But the money was not enough to be really sustainable as, uh, like, a full-time income. And obviously I was having to wait for work to kind of come to me. And I was doing, you know, doing promotions in a lot of ways. So, you know, I was on the Etsy forums and I was talking to people and I was just kind of trying to be, like, helpful. And, like, hey, I'll, you know, give you a critique of your your shop when people would ask and, and things like that. Just trying to get my name out there. So, it's doing all that, um, and uh, uh, but the big problem with it is, of course, is that these clients, they run tiny, handmade businesses and often the products are like one-off, so you, you know, someone purchases that product and then it's gone forever and so they don't have the money in their process to use a copywriter and the ones that do, they can't pay above a certain amount And so, basically, I hit the cap of what I could possibly earn from Etsy, and I had sort of had to start looking elsewhere. So by this time, I had some experience, sort of working with clients and things like that. And you know, I started looking for work that was kind of regular. Um, I ended up doing a lot of blogging, which actually ended up being the thing I enjoyed the most. So I had my own blog at the time. I was having my heavy metal blog. And I would use that, and I'd use my Etsy experience, and I'd apply for jobs blogging online. And a couple of people came to me via my website, um, but mainly I did a lot of applying and, you know, a lot of, kind of, what sort of wasted time um, spent applying, you know, apply for 30 blogging jobs, and I might get one. But, you know, that, the good thing about that was that, you know, that, might pay, that person might pay me $50 per blog... And they might want four blogs a month. And so I was starting to build this kind of regular thing. And that was around the time, if you know my story, you know that's around the time that I sort of quit my day job for the first time. And first thing I did was I went down from a full, full-time full week down to three days a week um, at my day job and, and two days a week at home. And that was, I definitely recommend that as a like a stepping stone if your work allows it. It was a really really great experience um, and it kind of enabled me to keep my day job for a couple of extra years and keep that regular income so that was really cool um, and then I decided to quit and if you know my story you know that the first time I quit was really unsuccessful I basically the, the big problems were that I had built this freelance business off of this really low paid work so, you know, I was kind of earning like $25 an article, sort of up to like $50 an article. And I had enough clients that theoretically, I we could live off of it. But the work, I just kept underestimating how long the work would take to do. And I, I sort of kept thinking, I didn't account for the amount of non-work hours that are involved with running a freelance business. And, and this is you know a factor to talk about. So... I would have to spend time talking to clients and you know dealing with the edits and you know if I was late with something I then had to email the client and they had to email me back so there's a lot of back and forth with clients and that's not work we we're getting paid and if you've got 20 clients because I had this big list of clients that pay a very small amount and if you've got so many clients that work starts to really eat into the production time that you have. And I sort of realised this, and I tried to combat it by outsourcing a lot of my work to some other writers. So, you know, if the client paid me $25 an article, then I would get a writer to write the article for $15, and then I would send them to my clients. And I would just deal with the the back and forth the clients and so basically I started this little mini agency and you know I thought that was working but the problem was was that you know I was still getting paid so little um, and then now I had to manage not just my clients but this team of like three writers and it it just it was not what I not what I wanted to do you know the whole point of me doing freelance work was that I would be able to buy myself some time not at a day job, so I would I'd be able to be a writer, and then I'd be able to write my fiction work alongside my day job. I oh, sorry, alongside my freelance writing. And that just was not happening. I you know, in, in the months that I was a full time freelancer, I wrote something like ten thousand words on my fiction, or it might have even been less than that. And for me, you know, I was sort of writing at that stage like a book a year, and so this was just. One of the big issues that I dealt with at that time, and still struggle with a lot today, is this scarcity mentality. So, you know, if I didn't accept this $20 job, then I wasn't going to get anything else. And then I had to take every job that was offered to me just because it was offered. I have, and and still do have, a really hard time saying no to people. Um, But, yeah, so that was becoming more and more and more of an issue and then what ended up happening was that i ended up with a client here in new zealand who wanted some blogging work done and he was willing to pay like 150 dollars an article and i was like Hey!" so i did a couple of articles for him for his new project which never quite got off the ground but he happened to have a friend who had just got a job at a big tech company here, and that friend was having to build a team. And my client said, hey, I know this writer, Steph, and she did a really great job for me. And so this friend contacted me. and I did a bit of freelance work for for this friend for a while, and then he kept bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. You know, oh, I really want you. You know, really want a full time writer. Do you know any good full time writers? I really want. You know, I'd love it if you could come on board. And the sort of the the freelance wasn't quite working out for me, so I kind of went to him and said, "Well, you know, maybe convince me. You know, <laughs> convince me." So I asked for at the time I thought it was a lot of money, but probably wasn't, um, and I asked to be able to work from home, um, and we ended up with an agreement, I ended up um, working for them uh, full-time, and I quit most of my freelance work, because I, you know, what I wanted to do, I kind of got to the point where I wanted to be, which was, I was a writer, and I had my evenings and my weekends free to work on my fiction, I didn't have to you know, because I was getting enough, paid enough from this company, I didn't have to come home and then do other people's work. And so yeah, and so that happened. And I started and this was around the time I started self-publishing. And I knew that I could see that with self-publishing I would eventually be able to build you know enough of an audience that I could sustain, you know, sustain my income off of my fiction work. And, you know, that was amazing because that was never, you know, it was sort of something that was talked about in hallowed terms, you know, back in the day when I started. But with freelance, uh, sorry, but with self-publishing it started to become this real possibility, like, you know, like happening really soon. And so I was really excited about that. So I worked and worked and worked on my fiction books and I worked at this company and... It was really wonderful for a while. I started to sort of get a bit annoyed about the fact that I was basically pouring my all my creative energy into this company, which meant I was pouring all my creative energy and all my skills that I'd honed over years into making someone else rich. And that is basically what happened. You know, the guy who um, ran the company sold it, and you know, put like five million dollars in the bank for himself and you know that was awesome for him but I, you know you kind of look at that and you think well you know I helped to build that and so you know and I get a really nice salary and you know, I get these benefits and that's really great but I want to build something like that I don't want to be a brick in the wall <laughs> I want to be the builder and you know that probably that's quite a lot of who I am uh, and you know, it's sort of taken me a long time to realize that that actually I, you know, I didn't really want a a normal job like normal people. Um, I wanted to be a builder. So I started to think sort of really seriously about you know how I would get from where I was to being a full time fiction author. And that's when I started freelancing again. So I set a date when I wanted to quit my job, because at the time I was working at another tech company, so I set it the date of the time I wanted to quit my job, and I realised that basically my fiction writing was a very regular number, I could more or less predict what it was going to be every month, um, but that number was about 50% to 70% of what I needed to feel really comfortable, and so I needed a way to make up the rest of that money. And I thought, well, if you know, see, with fiction, sort of, there's there's often never any guarantees, and and it can be hard to, you, you sort of need a, you sort of need a book to be a little bit of a hit, and it doesn't have to be a mega mega hit, but it has to be a little bit of a hit in order to jump, you sort of jump you to the next level, and I couldn't guarantee that I would be writing a book that would be that jump. And I thought, I need something that's a bit more of a sure thing, just so I can get out of this job. And I know eventually, if I keep working, then eventually this is going to happen for me. But I need to get out of this job first. So I started freelancing again, and I tried really hard to avoid making all the mistakes that I made last time. So by this stage, I had much better idea of what I was worth as a writer, and I... You know, I was really strict with myself about that, and with you know, learning to say no to people who wanted me to write for like $30 an hour, you know, my rates are $85 to $100 an hour. Um, and I knew that I didn't really like talking to clients. I what, I what I can do really, really well is write great copy really fast. I wanted to do that, and get paid for it, and move on to my fiction. And that means I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking to clients and holding their hand and doing all that stuff. So I went deliberately went looking for work at agencies. And so the agency, you know, it was like a marketing agency or a digital agency, so they dealt with the clients. And I, they just sent me work every month. They said, this is the client. This client needs four blog articles. Here are the titles of the articles. Articles should be 400 words. Send us back the articles. We'll pay you. And that was basically what I did on side, while also doing my fiction work. <laughs> also publishing eight books a year um, for yeah, for a good year. Then I quit my job, and that was amazing. Um, and I worked really, really hard to, over the, the first year where I was a full-time author, I worked really hard to be able to jump my fiction income up a little bit now that I had more time to kind of focus on it and I was able to do that and that meant that every time I jumped up a little bit I could drop an agency client and so I always kind of had this balance um, so I was always sort of earning roughly the same amount um, each month but yeah I was kind of turning it off and on depending on you know, where, the, where the majority of the money was coming from and it ended up that by the anniversary of my first year of quitting my day job, I basically dropped my last agency client. So now I don't do nearly as much freelance work as I used to. Um, I do occasionally um, get calls from um, those agencies or people that used to be clients of those agencies and you know, just asking, hey, would you like to do like a little assignment? And you know, often I say yes. And also, just get like random assignments, Uh, you know, people asking me, hey, do you want to do some work for us Um, for magazines I've worked with in the past, things like that. Um, Sometimes I will pitch articles, um, just if I see a publication I really like and I think, hey, I've got a really good idea. So I do sometimes pitch articles. and for example, I wrote some really amazing articles. For I was really proud of the work I did for a local arts magazine um, over the the lockdown period for COVID nineteen here in New Zealand. So the magazine wanted to produce a lot of content really quickly, um, just to help um, artists and arts practitioners and, and people in the creative industries through the lockdown and the the. You know the kind of economic troubles that would come with that for the art sector, and they needed like all hands on deck. And so I'd done a couple of articles for them before, so they contacted me and say, "Hey, do you want to do some freelance work?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." So I did that, and that was really cool. And then they, you know, they came back to me and said, "Hey, you know, now we've kind of settled into this new pattern." We'd really love for you to come on board as a regular columnist, and you would have like you could do like one or two articles a month on this specific topic. And I originally accepted that. I was like, you know, I'm really proud of the the publication and the work that they do. I think it's really important, and I thought the the concept of my column was really cool. And so I originally said yes, and then I went away and I thought about it and I realised that I was saying yes because I, you know, because someone asked me and I was really flattered to be asked. And, you know, really I didn't have enough time to do that, and it was just another thing that takes me away from the core of what I want to do, which is writing fiction. So then I went back and declined it. Um, So I talk a lot about this in my book, um, which is all about how freelance writing work and copywriting how it can be a part of your career but you've got to make it work for you and not the other way around so it's really about finding the balance of the things that you want to do and the things that you're excited about and that balance can change over time and that's perfectly okay so yeah so basically that is my story um, as a freelance writer I have found freelance writing over the years to be extremely rewarding. Um, One of the big benefits for me was that often it's, uh, you can get paid really quickly, so especially for work that you do online, so I would, you know, write these blogs and then I'd often get paid, you, you know, I could write four blogs in an afternoon and then I would send them off to the editor and they'd be like, yep, perfect, and then they would pay me that day by PayPal. And that can be really useful. If you are, you know, if your career as a writer, as most of our writing careers are, is kind of this hodgepodge of different things all smushed together. Um, so being able to get paid really quickly for work um, and to, to turn it out really quickly, being able to have regular clients, that's a, a, a big thing, and, and to have regular columns in magazines. Um, another really great thing about freelancing is that it can, it can really build your audience and it can build your expertise on a subject. You know, especially if you end up you writing in publications that your readership read, they start to recognise your name. You're writing articles online about your topic that you're an expert in, and that's building your your search engine uh, juice, if you will. So, you know that's a really important benefit of it. Um, and there are some downsides. Um, you know, as I've talked to, you know, it's it's another thing that you're doing that's taking time away from other parts of your business. But it's also a great um, tool that you know it's a great tool that you can use as part of your toolbox as a writer and the great thing about writing i think is that if you are good at one co- type of writing you're probably going to be quite good at the other type of writing there are certain copywriters and certain freelancers that are absolute experts at certain certain specific things but most of us are really kind of all-rounders like we can just we can do a good job at pretty much anything we might not be the absolute best you know sales page writer um landing page writer, funnel writer, you know, that there could possibly be, and those people definitely have their place, but most clients aren't looking for the absolute best, you know, they aren't looking at paying a $1,000 or $2,000 for the absolute best landing page you could possibly imagine, they just want someone to get that shit done, and that's where you come in. So, yes, freelance writing, it's a really valuable tool, that you as a writer can have, especially if you're trying to build a a writing career. If you want more information about freelancing, about what it is, about how you can do it, then pick up my brand new book, How to Rock Freelance Writing. You can pick it up from my website, um, www.rageagainstthemanuscript, or from Amazon or Apple or Barnes & Noble or any of those happy places. That's all from me this week. This is Steph Green signing off <laughs> getting back to my writing cave as i hope you are too next week we're going to start talking about fiction writing and we're going to start talking about the actual writing process so we're going to actually be talking about plotting books about outlining books planning books and the reason we're doing this is because i am writing a new book all about this and i really want to know what you guys think and what you want to know about planning books, about plotting, about outlining and about the actual writing process If you've got any questions or you've got any topics you want me to talk about then please email me or talk to me on the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group That's all from me this week Happy writing!